0: you're welcome back to the last post for issue saturday february 23rd i'm your host andrew carey and you're listening to the limerick post podcast bringing you this week's news in bite-sized portions remember you can keep up to date with all limerick news on twitter linkedin and facebook at limerick post and hashtag keeping limerick posted and at LimerickPost.ie. this week's podcast is brought to you in association with dennehy's motors dock road limerick in this week's edition, our front page story looks at a new nine million euro plan that will transform the Midwest into a smart city region. I'm joined by news editor Jerry Collison, who's more on this. You're very welcome back, Jerry.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Um, yeah, it, this basically was a plan that was launched uh, this morning, Wednesday morning, in uh, in Tipperary, and. Uh, yeah, as you say, there's a there's five game changer projects involved in it. One of them being the smart city region. The other one is is a, a, a move towards making it the region into a low carbon economy. Now that could involve a fair amount of work. It also wants to develop uh, workforce skills and enhance the region's attractiveness as a place for people to come and work. Um, so it's a fairly extensive uh, brief that's been handed. Um, one of the people behind it is Barry O'Sullivan, who's uh, one of the men in charge of the uh, Johnson & Johnson plant in Castle Troy, and he'll also be charged with implementing the plan. It seems like this is a complete turnaround from last week when we were discussing a plan that was going to drop Limerick down in the pecking order on the national scale yeah absolutely last week we were referring mainly to one for the entire southern region uh, with Cork being the predominant partner there whereas this one is one for the Midwest region and I suppose in the Midwest Limerick would appear to be the more um, important of the the, uh, three counties in that it has a critical mass in the city and also is fairly close to the airport um, so on this occasion, yeah, Limerick seems to be the uh, be the big winner on this one. Um, when you consider that this type of activity is, it's another plan. What's our timescale for this? Um, it's it's a two-year plan apparently, but it comes in under the government's um, twenty forty uh, framework. So I couldn't see a, a, a plan like this coming to full fruition. As particularly when you're talking about you know, carbon footprints and city-states and that sort of thing. I couldn't see that coming in within the two years, but I'm sure that the plan is to get it well underway at that stage and to put the framework and structures in place. Okay, well, we'll take it as a batch of positive news. Um, Jerry, you also have
0: uh, you edited a story from Alan Jakes this week who was writing about expressions given to local councillors about over-policing in Ratkeel during the Christmas period
1: yeah that's probably um a sign that maybe uh you shouldn't get what you wish for um it appears that uh, at last thursday's meeting of the joint policing committee for the uh, dear red keel district um the local councillor there adam tiskey uh had had a few things to say about the policing over the christmas period now um listeners might recall that uh Prior to the Christmas, there was a lot of local concern about the levels of policing, particularly, you know, as the um, Rathkeel area would undergo a fairly significant increase in its population over the Christmas period. And there was local concern about how that would impact, let's say, over the holiday period. There would have been complaints about speeding cars and, um, you know, rowdy behaviour mainly. Um, but it appears that uh, what actually happened was that uh, there was something like um, 111 guarded checkpoints were operated over the period. And um, there were quite a number of local people who would have found themselves um, caught in as, as a collateral damage, shall we say, over what was going on. So, um, you know, there was a fairly uh, lively conversation about it at, at the meeting and uh, alan seems to have caught most of the uh most of the exchanges well
0: in 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 general it was a very welcomed policing plan at the time and the fact then that the Guardi were stepping up to uh, protect the area in respect of any concerns that had been out there was only one thing one major issue i think it was in respect of littering
1: yes yeah that that was that was an issue so if you think about the the scale of the problems that were being highlighted last year Uh, You know, you would imagine that if if it was just confined to littering, uh, you know, it was fairly successful. However, there was some criticism of uh, Tusla, the Child and Family Agency, not engaging in the entire um, pre- and post-Christmas operation in uh, Rathkeel. That would have seemed to have been the only really sour note about it.
0: Page 10 of this week's uh, edition and indeed online has more of that story from Alan. Listen, thanks very much, Sherry, for joining me again.
1: You're very welcome.
0: I'm now joined by Bernie English again. Thanks, Bernie, for coming back to us. Um, You have some news this week about management's uh, submission about the, the airport and how they want to create a European connectivity hub.
2: Yeah, I guess this is in advance of Brexit. And they don't actually have a European hub although they've got fabulous growth figures in the last decade and even in the last year. So Senator Kieran O'Donnell organised a meeting with the Minister for Airport Management, and the Minister seems to be um, fairly... has received, received the suggestion well. He's asked management to come up with a plan for him, and I think he's going to support it as much as he can. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, we are the gateway to the west of Ireland, and we have stood on our own here in Shannon Airport, once, once we got free of the dead hold of the DAA, we grew uh, nearly 33% which is a, an enormous uh, an enormous amount of growth in that to 1.86 million passengers
0: so with the, with the with the increase in activity in dublin so minister ross is open to suggestions and to these plans that are coming forward from the airport management team
2: yes he's more or less said this is this is in line with government spatial strategy so that uh, the regions are are being concentrated on more that there's more growth in the regions and that not all of the growth is centred on dublin and toppling off the East Coast into the Irish Sea. So, um, yeah, we're hopeful of that because we'd we'd obviously all welcome um, a European city destination from Shannon for lots of different reasons, but chiefly for business.
0: This kind of sounds like Dublin and central government are listening.
2: Well, central government are saying they're listening. The proof is in the pudding.
0: Well, we'll keep an eye on the space. Thanks for that. Bernie, you also have another shocking story that I I couldn't get my head around to to understand but uh, suicide patrol volunteers operating in the city they don't have a permanent base and in some cases they're operating out of the boot of their car
2: yeah i was absolutely shocked as well uh, i think as people probably know there are a number of these groups who are giving absolutely selflessly of their time to walk out in every weather along the banks of the shannon to help people in the deepest of distress and uh, has a base for the moment that the lease on that is up and, but, at a meeting of the council this week where they were being asked to provide uh the council was being asked to provide a permanent base for these groups, we heard that one group are operating under the boots of their own car taking out wet equipment uh lights throwing boot bicycles into the back of the car and all this is all at their own expense and on their own time
0: and 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 these groups and these volunteers, they're having, you know, upfront interactions with people. Like they are, well, they're
2: talking people down off the parapets and the bridge. They're saving lives. There's no question about it.
0: And we actually need to make sure that these people are suitably equipped. We need to make they de- they have all their training, they have yeah. all their gear, but they just don't have somewhere to.
2: They just don't have somewhere to put themselves or all their stuff. And a lot, a lot of businesses have been very generous to them and have sponsored walkie talkies and bikes and you know serious wet weather gear and stuff like that. But there's still, there's nowhere for them to go to change. And very importantly, it was pointed out at the meeting, there's nowhere for them to bring somebody that they talk down off the bridge. Right. And there is no one there to receive that person. The best they can do is put them in an ambulance.
0: What way was it left? Is there anything going to be put forward? or?
2: Yeah, it seems very, that the council are, are um, open to looking at, at a premises. A number of places were mentioned, the Tate factory, uh, the old Cleves site... Huge premises in council ownership where something could be done. There was also a suggestion of a container uh, being put somewhere down near the river, but I don't think that was met with a lot of support. It seemed to be a very minimal step for people doing such a very important job. Not
0: entirely suitable, so hopefully a remedy will come with that very soon.
2: We would hope so, yeah.
0: Thanks very much again, Bernie. Thanks, Andrew. I'm now joined by Miranda Lahi, who uh, was writing this week about uh, the amount of money spent on hospital agency staff. You're very welcome, Miranda. Do you want to tell us about this?
3: Yes, um, it was revealed that £11 million was spent on temporary agency staff at the University Hospital Limerick uh, last year.
0: And where did we get these figures? There's Sinn Féin, T.D. talking about this?
3: Yes, uh, Limerick Sinn Féin, T.D., uh, Morris um has called the spending one of the greatest wastes of money, not alone in the health service, but in the whole state.
0: And when you contacted the hospital, what did they have to say about this?
3: Yes, um, UL Hospital spokesperson said um, that the spend on agency staff should be viewed in the overall context of the pay bill in 2017 and in 2018, 2017 and 2018 to November the 30th, that agency staff spent um, represented 6% of overall pay costs. They also went on to say that the University Hospital Limerick is proactively converting agency staff to permanent posts where possible.
0: That's great. And there's more on that story on uh, page 19 in this week's paper and online on LimerickPost.ie. Thanks, Miranda. Thank you. In other news, concern was raised this week after a proposed review into the state's handling of a child sex abuse scandal in the Midwest was suspended. In a letter written to Limerick TD Niall Collins that was shown to this newspaper, Minister for Children and Youth Affairs Catherine Zappone said that she had been advised by the Attorney General to postpone the review while a criminal investigation was ongoing. This criminal investigation was launched after 11 people were arrested last March uh, in a child abuse and exploitation case that emerged in the Midwest area. 16 children are said to be at the centre of this case, which is described as one of the worst to emerge in the history of the state. Deputy Collins is calling upon the Minister to allow the Special Rapporteur, Dr Geoffrey Shannon, to immediately resume his review into the case. Some other stories to look out for in the paper include Katrina Tierney's story on the revelation that the Dogs Trust charity received 370 requests from people looking to surrender their dog after Christmas this year. The most common reason was that people said they just didn't have enough time to look after their dog. You can read more about that on page 46. Fashion editor Olivia Sullivan writes on the seven Limerick secondary schools who have reached the semi finalist of the Junk Couture All-Ireland Design Creative Contest that is like no other. You can read more about this on page 44 and see the transformations that these Trashanistas are creating. I am now joined by <laughs> Keen Reinhart, right. Limerick Post Digital Letter, who has news of a facelift that is given to the oldest hospital in Limerick. All right, Andrew, how are you getting on? Great, it's yourself Keen? tell ah, us about
4: this. Not too bad. Uh, Bonsacora's Hospital, uh, the old Barringtons, was given a new facelift. As you said, it's a new reception and entrance area and uh, associated facilities they say. How much was this facelift worth? Uh, It's part of a 6 million euro overall investment in in the hospital group. And uh, Jason Kenny, the hospital manager, speaks about it here.
5: Today is a great occasion. It's the official opening of our new entrance, reception,
6: auditory and admissions area. The hospital was acquired two years ago by the Bancic Corps. And this is part of a 6 million overall investment. Uh, We've got theatre refurbishment, new ICT systems and uh, new endoscopy equipment.
0: That video is available to view online at Limerick Post at the moment, yeah, um, that's a as you say. It's one of the, it's the oldest hospital in Limerick. It's it's great to see that this is getting a, a rejuvenation. Keen, um, we are Limerick podcasts.
4: Who have we got this week? This week we have Limerick Printmakers coming on. They're celebrating twenty years in Limerick this year, and we got them on because they're heavily involved in local community as well as the art scene. So uh, this should be a good this should be a good interview, and it'll be available to for everyone to listen to
0: online on Sunday. Uh, Sunday, we can w- look forward to that. We can see all our audio and video and podcasts across the digital platforms. Um, just give us a shout of what they are again. Uh, we have Spotify, Acast, and SoundCloud at the moment, and you can also view them
4: online limerickpost.ie.
0: Thanks, Kian. That's great. No
4: problem, Andrew. So, uh, do you have any new profiles coming up in your series, Andrew?
0: Yeah, this week uh, we caught up with Nilo Callahan, former business development manager for the Midwest with the Ida, but. In the last year, he took a role with Shannon Heritage, where he's overseeing the majority of uh, Ireland's biggest tourist attractions. um, Massive operation. Massive operation. And uh, Niall spoke to us about uh, some plans going forward, how the um, region and, indeed, Ireland can benefit from this tourism trade. Uh, You can read all about that on page 22 and online um, with Niall O'Callaghan in this week's edition. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Dennehy Motors, Dock Road, Limerick. Over to sports news now and I'm joined again by the inimitable John Kill, journalist with Sporting Limerick. John, you're very welcome as usual. Thanks Andrew. Um, It
6: was a very pleasant drive home from Kilkenny last weekend. It was indeed a fantastic performance by Limerick, winning their third game on the trot in the Alliance Hurling League. Said last week that Kilkenny is the barometer, no matter what Kilkenny team goes out and Three or four minutes fell before half time showed who the best team in the country was.
0: Um, we spoke about this barometer and we said, you know, that this was going to be really where it was at
6: Nolan Park, difficult place to go. I mean, Limerick really upped the gear there. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me again, is the thing that's talked out and trotted out plenty of times since Limerick one the all ireland is their panel of players. You had another five or six changes. Keane Lynch dropped out, and Hurler Deer dropped out before the game, Robbie Hanley came in for his first. League game, look, the changes in the team seem to be seamless at this stage. It's, it's it's an analogy, next man in always, and that's very much the case with Limerick. I mean, Declan Hannan didn't start, five or six more, Garrett Hegarty, Tom Morrissey, all mainstays of last season's team. Guys are just putting their hands up to be selected. Kieran Carey writes about it in this week's paper and online again. Um, what's next for the senior hurlers? Yeah, Cork on Sunday at two thirty p.m. Cork had their first win over Clare last week. It's yeah, Limerick and Cork have always had very good battles, especially in recent times. Very open games usually. It'll be probably something similar on Sunday.
0: We can't really say it's an unknown entity because obviously there's a lot of a lot of hurling skill and class in Cork. Are they going to show where the barometer is? Are they going to
6: support what happened last week? Yeah, look, Limerick beat them in the All-Ireland semi-final after extra time. If it wasn't for an outstanding save by Nicky Quaid, literally in the last seconds, there'd be no All-Ireland, there'd be no talkers. So that's how close Cork were. They're they're looking at a lot of new players in the league so far without the threat of relegation. But Cork are a good team. Are Limerick better? It's looking that way at the moment. Look, it's very early in the year. Limerick go out with the with the attitude of, we want to win every game we play in. Other teams, maybe not so much. Cork had their first win against Clare, as I said. Have on earth certainly Tim O'Mahony at centre-back looks to be a promising player for them. Dangerous forward line. It should be another cracker. It should be a very open game.
0: The headline um, for this week's edition: uh, Limerick in a place where they are shaping the game. It really is kind of showing that. All right, Limerick now. Um, the senior hurlers, uh, one of the four senior teams involved this weekend.
6: Yeah, the footballers are back in action after the defeat to Wicklow. They're playing L- Leitrim in Kilmallock on Saturday. Uh, the lady f- ladies footballers are up in mana while the Camogie team are going for like the their male counterparts going for four in a row. When they play um, Kilkenny All-Ireland Finals Kilkenny In the precursor to the Senior Harders game on Sunday That's on at half 12 Senior Harders at half 2
0: Footballers are looking for that win Just to try and you know steady their ship, Get them down that road again
6: Yeah a bit of a disappointment in Wick- in Wick- Against Wicklow last time out Lost by a few points A couple of goals in the second half Kind of cost them They were in the game for large parts Little bit Little bit of a disappointment Billy Lee won't be happy with that Big test against Leitrim. Leitrim have been very impressive so far in Division 4. Unbeaten, scoring fairly freely. So, But it's a home game. You have to win your home games. vital let Limerick do that.
0: And, and for their position in the lower league, it definitely is. We need to be winning those home games. Yeah. Leaving the GAA, moving over to the Oval Ball. Small little issue
6: of an AIL local derby. Yeah, small. It's a small <laughs> little issue. Anytime Young Munster and Gary Owen meet, look, it's a huge game. Gary Owen snuck a victory last week, last seconds conversion by Pen Healy, that's what it was. And uh, Alex wouldn't try two minutes from time. Munsters had a losing, two losing bonus points, so try bonus point, and losing bonus point, as I said, against UCD away last week. Look, it's Gary Owen, Young Monsters, Young Munsters, Gary Owen. Tom Clifford Park, Friday Night Lights. I mean, the skin you not doing else, yes. <laughs> skin and hair and everything else with it. Look, it's a, it's a huge game. Monsters are struggling towards the bottom. They'll be bad, needing to win probably more than Gary Owen. Um, they're they're five points off bottom place Terney, but they need to get away from that playoff spot. But
0: Owen need to win to secure the top. Yeah, the top the, end of the season. They're yeah. fourth.
6: They're a bit away from Carcon, which everyone's a bit away from Carcon. They've been the exceptional team this season. Also Shannon in action as well this weekend, as well as Bowes All Crescent, Bruff, Tolman. Yeah, but it's Friday night. It's different. all about Friday night. In your case,
0: Andrew, not for me. <laughs> there you go. Um, we're going to stick with the oval ball. Monster. Um, they have a little trip over to Wales. Ospreys. First play fourth. There's a 15 point gap. What's this? What yeah, you look, you're, you're shaking it?
6: your head, thinking Munster are going to walk. Look, as Johan van Graan said himself this week, there are no easy away games. Yeah, Munster have struggled at times away from home this season. Last time, last away game they had was against the Dragons and downpour of a Saturday afternoon in uh, in Newport. Sorry, Newport in Rodney Parade. the one eight seven. Look. There's going to be a lot of changes, obviously, the Irish lads away with the Six Nations restarting. It's a it's, it's a big game, every big game, Munster need to win. Glasgow are playing Connacht, it's all four teams playing, top four teams playing against each other in Conference A this week, over the Pro 14. It's going to be a tough trip either way, a lot of young lads getting a chance though, and there's good news just today that Tyler Blendall signed a new contract, Albie Matthewson will be playing, or signed, staying with Munster for the rest of the season, So, but it's all positivity, 43-0 win last week as well showed that. You were writing
0: about um, Sweetenham, he's going to try and hopefully take his chance to, to mark a jersey.
6: Yeah, spot. He, he's, Darren Sweetenham's a cracking player, and yeah. you see him every time he does play for a monster, but this season he's just up against Andrew Conway and Keith Earls, and even last weekend, Sweetenham on one wing, overshadowed by Andrew Conway, another incredible performance from Conway, Darren Sweetenham's just look. all I can do is keep playing well, what more can you ask for Okay, And you've had news of soccer to finish? Yeah, big story this week. The big deal this week uh, is Limerick FC. But first of all, Bobby Tier, who's player coach of Jurlins, spoke to Adrian Finnan this week, just giving a background about how Jurlins are getting on the season. Recently, progressed in the Munster Junior Cup, but it's all for any local soccer fan. It's all about Limerick FC's first game of the season against Langford in back in the Markets Field First Division. Not where they want to be, but not where they want to be. Absolutely, but reality is reality and I think a lot of people certainly in the media and a few of the fans may have thought that this wasn't even going to happen so with the way the things have gone off the field maybe a bit of positive news recently on that with new sponsors and everything else that comes with that but the reality is now you're getting down to the start of the season the team needs, needs support Sean Kelly speaks to Adrian Finn in there it's effectively crying out for that support that people of Limerick need to get behind this team that's the truth of it it's going to be a struggle. They've signed Darren Murphy again this week, a player who came from Cove last season. He's a good midfielder. He's another body, and that's what Limerick needed one Plus, otherwise, it's a very, very young squad. Uh, that's the opening match against Longford, and you're writing about that this week, uh, and your colleagues are
0: in Sporting Limerick and online. Uh, as usual, our sports podcast is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick, where more news beyond the newspaper can be found uh, over on LimerickPost.ie. Uh, thanks very much John Cheers Andrew uh, Again this week's podcast Is brought to you In association with Dennehy Motors Dock Road Limerick uh, I'm joined by Entertainment's editor Eric Fitzgerald Who it is always A pleasure to welcome
7: back Hello Wendy. How Good are you afternoon Paper just gone to bed again It's great isn't it
0: We'll try and be a bit More professional this we'll week We'll do our level best no, I can't guarantee you and, uh, Anything Fred. Okay great Um You're jam-packed with lots of entertainment news and you're kicking it off with some country
7: Yep, I had a great chat with uh, Mr. Patrick Feedy there last week And uh, he's uh, performing in the Lime Tree Theatre this Saturday, 23rd Um, You may remember him from the show The Three Amigos that came to UCH uh, And uh, he's together there with uh, Jimmy Buckley from Dune and this show goes down an absolute storm when they play, and in particular, pa- Patrick's um, contribution, while they all three go on the stage, they sing together, they sing great country numbers, uh, Patrick has kind of developed kind of a, a love for gospel music, and he was getting standing ovations for the gospel music that he was singing so with all of that in the last year or two he has um turned what he likes about gospel music into an entire album that he recorded during the summer so that's what he's really bringing to the lime tree is he is bringing the album the holy city uh all the tracks from that and some of the usual country stuff that he's uh, his fans love him for um so he's a, a very interesting man to talk to and um as you know yourself like Country music is huge in this place, in this part of the world, as, as much as everywhere else, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, good job with him. And um, asked him why he got into gospel. He was talking about that he was quite sick for a while, about 10 years ago, and didn't think he would even last at this game. And uh, he, he got lucky, and he has a voice that kind of suits the country gospel sound. So that's what he's doing, and um, he's getting standing ovations for it. So you'll get to see him. The Lime Tree on Saturday the 23rd. An entertainment podcast with you, Eric, without some comedy, wouldn't be. Yes, it's back again. The Punchline Comedy Club. We drilled down into this last month as we were talking about what UCH had done. Their large entertainment area has been reduced down to a capacity of about 350 or so. So this coming Tuesday, it's the Father Ted night, uh, which is great crack. I don't know if you've been to one of those before. Have you? No, I haven't, uh, but I've been told that it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's great crack altogether. And uh, Joe Rooney and Patrick Macdonald, they were they played the, uh, Father Demo, and um, I, I've forgotten the name of the other guy what he did, but they were kind of big. Big players in the <laughs> Father Ted story, but they have been milking this for all it's worth, like, for years. So I saw these two buckles in uh, the Roisin Dove years ago, I went along, and uh, the Father Ted, it's basically them doing stand-up comedy, but they also um, they also run a lovely girls' competition while the, while the thing is on. Um, so, you know, UCH, you know, you, you have been warned, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's the mighty Tom O'Mahony. Who is um, also a very good podcaster? He's he's actually emceeing this, and um, yeah, that's him. And uh, Owen oh, oh and Owen oh, McLove, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Tom O'Malley is running a fantastic podcast weekly as well out of Limerick, and uh, he's he's presenting it and emceeing the whole thing. So it's it went down. a... It went down a storm. We had one of our people here, uh, Katrina, was out at the first one and said it was great. And the whole idea that it's now an intimate setting for comedy, it's made for it, you know. Um, So that's next Tuesday, Tuesday 26th. Excellent. Um,
0: News from the the series of events that are kicking off in the summer um, with
7: Dolan's. Madness are coming to town. Big news, isn't it? Uh, we were waiting for this for a while like uh, they have obviously they have the docklands festival for the june bank holiday weekend and uh you know everybody was wondering what would be what, what would the acts be and uh yeah they just announced uh madness for the friday the 31st of may so that's the june bank holiday weekend um i think it's a safe pair of hands i mean they've 22 24 classic tracks anyway and they've also got a new album out so you know uh, it must be love our house baggy trousers they're a great band you know and i think a lot of people in limerick are going to want to be just sticking around june bank holiday to see them so tickets for that are going on sale this friday and i would say they will go pretty fast so it's live in the docklands which isn't Dolan's, but it's further down. It's uh, And it's down Atlas Drive, a little bit further down the Dock Road. So it'll be 3,500 capacity marquee. I think it'll be a great weekend. They played over New Year's on telly. Madness, it was brilliant. They, yeah, they, they played at the Arts Festival. I they think, have done yeah. that. And they've been. Pro- they're proven. Yeah. They're proven, and they're playing Waterford uh, for this particular uh, when they come over to Ireland as well, as well as Limerick. And as you say, they did play the New Year's Eve absolutely live uh, broadcast on BBC. And at the time, Jules Hollands. Famous uh, Hoot Nanny was playing on BBC Two, and I must say, I was at home that night and I was switching between the two because that Madness gig was that good. Uh, so I think um, that this is a dead cert, if there ever was a dead cert, for a great show, and I think it'd be a real celebration, you know. Uh, sure to be sold
0: out in no yeah. time. Yeah. Um, you have a little bit of news on Other Voices, the series?
7: Yeah, Other Voices is coming uh, back on the air. Um, it was down in Dingle uh, at the recording of this uh, in, uh, in December. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful festival. And I was well, speaking to Jules Holland, This Other Voices is ours, Jules Holland, you know? So they have international acts. Uh, they have um, two Limerick Acts to look out for, so it's over the next nine weeks. It's on RT2, 11.30pm on Thursdays, so don't miss it, but our Limerick Acts were Young, they're uh, London-based, and Powpig, who, who are still in secondary school, sitting their leaving Cert this year, and uh, they played a stormer of a set-down in Dingle this week. Or uh, at the festival, and uh, like they were so young, their parents drove them down, you know. So they were super excited about getting the gig, and the show came across really well. Uh, this week, look out for David Keenan. He, I was in the church when that was being recorded, and it was a total uh, showstopper. He actually Left the church, went out the front door, went around the grounds outside, hadn't told anybody from from uh, the film crew who was doing this, and then back in again holding a candle. So, so I love to see how much of this they managed to even capture, but the show was amazing. And Mango and Matman, that's the last thing I want to say about it. They are actually on this Thursday as well. Don't miss Mango and Matman. We're big hip hop fans here now, and us, us podcasters and <laughs> uh, everybody in the room here this evening. And uh, he, they have a new track out uh, that hopefully will. We'll get to play later on. It'll be my track of the week for you. And uh, it's No Surrender FM, um, uh, an ode to pirate radio stations. And we're going to play that for you to remind you to go watch Other Voices this Thursday. Um, You have a little plug in the corner of your page for Tizz Lizzy. Yes, indeed. When I was a very, 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 very small little fella, um, a very good friend of mine in school taught me how to play the guitar. He went on to become a master of the instrument. I was very far short of that. Uh, And he is together with a whole bunch of his friends from Ennis. They are super experienced musicians, but they have a brand new band called Tizz Lizzy. These guys are Tizz Lizzy obsessed They are brilliant at it. They have a fantastic singer. Uh, It's going to be a great show. And it's on in Cobblestone Joe's this Friday, 10 p.m. And uh, don't miss it. Two hours of Thin Lizzy from every album, rare tracks, all the classics. And these guys are good crack on stage as well. So, uh, to to, to pay pay, I have repaid the debt for teaching me a few cards way back when. Uh, But, um, yeah, not to be missed. Cobblestone Joe's Friday Night. Uh, as ever, Eric, it's been a blast. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Take care. Uh, we're here in association with Denny Motors Dock Road, who are sponsoring this week's podcast. And I'm joined again by the lovely Rose Rush, our arts editor. You're welcome back to us, Rose.
5: Andrew, I'm in all of your courage that you invite me back week in, week out.
0: We couldn't do this without you. Not in one bit. Um, Rose, you've got news from the theatre for us. Uh, the Mount Joy of Blueberry Hill.
5: I do we have a thrilling contrast between wonderful standard homegrown theater and a professional import uh, with two outstanding actors one is the olivia award-winning Nile buggy he plays counterpoint to david gandley the show in question is on blueberry hill it's on tonight wednesday 20th and tomorrow night thursday 21st in lime tree theater it comes from Jim Culleton, a much-awarded director from Fishamble, the new theatre company. This show is called Blueberry Hill. Essentially, the premise is Nile Buggy and David Gandley have committed impossible atrocities against each other, yet find themselves within a modern-day prison cell in Mount Joey. Oh,
0: wow. Well, that's a serious story.
5: Serious story, and yet, apparently, there is such a beautiful heart to it, that's unguessable to us who haven't seen it, that uh, it has been praised from New York critics to London's Critic Circle to national press here. Apparently it is the most life-affirming story and its message is love. Can I quote you something briefly from Lyle Boggy who was a dote to interview? He says that um, what's at the heart of it I ask him love and when I say love I mean understanding that seems to reflect across the board with audiences as we are all imprisoned in some way in our lives it's about love and loss and understanding each other we all have differences
0: Oh, that's on uh, Wednesday and Thursday this week yes indeed
5: tonight and tomorrow Lime Tree Theatre
0: moving over to your next story it's Torched by Arms and the Man
5: okay I have a great sparring partner out there in the community. His name is Maurice O'Sullivan. Morris is an art director in his 70s who has been at this for more than 40 years. Um, he founded Torch Players with others back in the early 70s and far from being the controlling artistic director Morris has a wonderful history in grooming young directors of both genders up through the ranks. In this instance, however, he's directing George Bernard show in the, uh, in the anti-war comedy Arms and the Men.
0: Um, if we look at a little brief you have there on Limerick City Gallery of Art.
5: Okay, yeah, my shorts this week, um, in part, Limerick Post owes an apology to the visual arts community. Uh, essentially, the paper's sole income is advertising income. And because venues that display visual arts and artworks and follow those projects, they're by and large, they're not spenders with us. Ergo, we have to be very careful at the amount of our very expensive white space we give over to them. Finally, my nerve broke, and I've given my art shorts column down to three very good quality, I hope, shows that are current in Limerick. Each of them is free. Briefly, I'll take you through them, Andrew. Every time. Yeah. Okay. First up at the Hunt Museum, current for a couple of months. We have Limerick Print Makers. They're celebrating 20 years in business and essentially they've employed every technique known to printmaking, silkscreen, monotype, collagraph, stone lithograph, everything, to portray the, creativ- the creativity and originality of their printmaker membership. Moving on to Perry Square, Limerick City Gallery of Art, another seven-day venue free in again to this show. There are two shows, actually. One is, oh, it's an, it's an odd one because various art mediums are used to express Cheval McDonald's mission comes under the banner crystalline hidden monuments and essentially these are works of the earth connected to climate and territory. So we have paintings in 24 karat gold plated copper plates, we have arctic plant pressings, we have works related to historic natural forms and megalithic structures, so on and so on. Show 2 is far different, it'll make the kiddies happy and cinema goers. There's a show of posters from Michael O'Connor's private collection that was donated to the City Gallery many years ago.
0: That looks like a very interesting um, visual arts display with all of the different mediums that you've mentioned.
5: Yeah, it does. A very detailed, um, beautifully written press release came in about it, so what I've suggested to you there is very much a synopsis. As ever, guys, we have to get up, go and see artworks for ourselves, sitting at theatre to know what we're talking about. Go!
0: Very true. Um, Your last little short
5: super and it's a super short because this is a pop-up show taking place over four days beginning this weekend friday february 22nd into monday the 24th it's a member of contact studios his name is rory prout Uh, the banner here is the lowering skies Um, look up page 60 of limerick post it's our arts page for the specific times his works are open for viewing and for sale also on Friday, winding up at about 9 p.m., the uh, the public and the arts community who's ever at the show, you're invited over to the Glen Tavern. Picks on the house. Uh, there's always the after-show party there on the Friday night of this Gallery Interlude series organised by Carol Dorn of Contact Studios.
0: That's great stuff, Rose. And I see that um, there's a welcome return to City and Seoul this week.
5: Oh, gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, again, we're pursuing... Um, the Limerick Pulse exploration of institutions and its leaders, city being the impact on city and indeed the Midwest. This week I've hopped on the Irish uh, Hotels Federation. Um, the Shannon Branch embraces Clare, it embraces Limerick, it embraces North Tip. Its leader is long-standing Limerick Hotelier. He's a county Limerick man, Adair. Many of you will know him from his work with Lynch Hotels, from his work with Castroy Park Hotel. He's a long-standing fixture now, heading up the award-winning Radisson. The sole part is a look at Brian Harrington, the man, who's a great deal more fun than his straight-shooting and very serious look at Brexit's impact on the hospitality sector. Looking at currency values, looking at the influx of American and European visitors here thanks to increased flights and also the impact that um, the high-tech pharma, industrial companies, they're all led by foreign uh, direct investment here. And that these people are attracted here because of easy access to their bases back in North America, typically.
0: And you have a detailed interview with uh, Brian on page 30. And I think we also have a clip from Kean of some of Brian's comments.
5: Yes, indeed. Please listen to digital editor Kean Reinhardt's pursuit of Brexit and its influence here and training and development for the hospitality sector in, in Limerick.
7: When the uh, referendum was passed in 2016, the following year we saw a considerable drop in uk visitors to ireland and this region and then last year we had a slight um, i suppose it stabilized a small growth in the uk but we've never recovered the 7% that we lost in 2017 um but that I suppose that fall was cushioned a little bit because we had growth in the european market and the american market and that's brought about by, I suppose, just growth in tourism in general,
5: but also there's far more access into the country.
0: Thanks very much for coming in again, Rose.
5: Andrew, you're a star.
0: So this has been The Last Post, and I've been your host, Andrew Carey. I'd like to get my few thank yous in. Bernie English, uh, Jerry Collison, uh, John Keogh from Sporting Limerick, our entertainment editor, Eric Fitzgerald, our arts editor, Rose Rush, and indeed digital editor and podcast producer, Kean Reinhardt. Uh, And our sponsors this week of the podcast, which is brought to you in association with Dennehy Motors, Dock Road Limerick. For more news, sport, entertainments, home and living, pet news and much, much more, make sure you turn to the Limerick Post every Thursday in print and online at LimerickPost.ie and through all our social media channels. We really are keeping Limerick posted.